Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome back to the Winkley Live. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, joined as always here as I am every Thursday at noon Eastern by none other than Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkley. Happy holidays. Absolutely. How? First of all, how were your holidays, Justin? Did you have a wrestlerific holiday season? They were good. I uh, spent uh, spent the weekend and then Christmas Day uh, specifically in Chesapeake Beach, Maryland, where my family's at. So it was the first time in probably about a decade. So it was uh, it was nice. Good. Good weather, good good food, good laughs. Good. Well, I was a little remiss because yesterday WWE would have been in Chicago or was in Chicago. And I traditionally love going to the post-holiday uh, WWE shows, but unfortunately uh, didn't get to make it. But I'm here in California and I'm with you and we are going to talk all the news of the past week here. Um, but before we do, I uh, wanted to first send out a congratulations to Ray Monroe and Sarah Logan, who had their Viking wedding over the holidays. Congratulations to them. Is that is that how you tied the knot with like flaming arrows and everything, Justin? No, but I did have wrestling theme music at my reception. Everybody, everybody, everybody in the wedding party had their own entrance to theme music. So uh, that is true. Yeah, big congrats to, to them. Uh, I, I don't know her. Uh, I, I, I did get to know Ray a little bit uh, when he worked in the independent scene. Um, great guy, great look. He's just, he's like, you know what? He's like, when you look at him, it's like, yeah, this guy's put on earth to be a pro wrestler, right? So congrats to them. And one other thing, backtracking, I just want to say, talking about holiday shows, WWE is in Pittsburgh here the Saturday, taping SmackDown for next Tuesday. I'll be there before that. I'll be at 1311 Bar uh, on the south side of Pittsburgh uh, from 3 to 6. We're going to do a live Q&A on social media, but I encourage people to come out and join there. $2 Miller Lights, $3 Fireballs, $7 Smirnoff or Captain Morgan pitchers. So hope everybody, if you're going to be in Pittsburgh, come uh, toast the season with me on Saturday. Got to get the plug in. Ah. Sorry. I can promise you getting drunk with Justin Labar is about the most fun you can have before or after a wrestling event. Having done it both ways, I mean, do it both. Drink with him before and then find him afterwards and ply him with more liquor. <laughs> well, it's a long day. We'll have to pace ourselves. I've never known you to do that, um, or me either, for that matter. Uh, hey, we're coming up, we're coming up on a new year, new resolutions. <laughs> um. Well, uh, with that, uh, it is the new year. Starting mid-January, uh, I will be coming. Well, first of all, I'm going to Nashville here the first weekend in January. I'm going to be covering Impact Wrestling's homecoming pay-per-view, all the VIP events. Uh, I'll be sitting front row. They're going to put me front row for the pay-per-view. Uh, so we'll have a lot of great stuff on social media. And then the Monday after, I'll be doing the same thing for the TV tapings. And then we'll have the regular week. But the week after, 
We are going to be moving the Winkly Live here to noon Eastern, Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, Justin's going to be joining me Wednesday and Thursdays. So I'll have Michael Weissman on Tuesdays. Uh, so tune into that. Of course, uh, Glenn Rubenstein, Matt Morgan, and Raj Geary ain't going anywhere. They are going to be on SmackDown rundown shows immediately following SmackDown live each week here on the YouTube channel. So if you like those guys, Monday night, Tuesday night, post WWE pay-per-views, you're going to be able to find them immediately there. Tune in, join the live stream, enjoy those shows. As for today, if you are listening to the Winkly Live right now, thank you very much for tuning in. If you are listening to us in the podcast version, you can always catch us here live. But the podcast is the way to go because you get not just all this great news discussion, but you also get some exclusive interviews attached to the audio each week as well. So if you're watching us live here, still go over, subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. You're going to get this right here. You can probably fast forward through it because you've already heard it. But you're also going to get some interviews uh, two this week, one with Executive Vice President of Impact Wrestling, Scott Demore, and the other with the founder of GLOW, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, David McLean. Of course, if you've watched the GLOW Netflix series, the character Bash, the money child behind GLOW, is based off David. So we talk all about that and much more. I think you guys are going to love both these interviews. Did I see something him, on your face here. Did you yeah. ask him if he had a robot that supplied drugs? Justin, you'll be happy to know that I did. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm glad that we're in the same mental space here because I absolutely had to ask him, uh, David, because um, he's a little older now. It's like, David, um, so tell me the truth. Was there, a, was there a drug robot? And I'll save the answer. So you got to yeah, go. Don't. Yeah. We, we, won't, we won't give it away here. But I absolutely asked the founder of GLOW if he had a drug robot. So yeah, it's part I, of I, it. Co I, I coerced you into like giving away like half the PCO interview to me because I got so excited talking about this. So I don't, you know. <laughs> well, well, I was going to release the PCO interview this week, but then I got the Scott Demore interview and it's very newsy. There's a lot of texture there. Um, so we're going to start off 2019. I promise, I promise next week on the show, you'll get the PCO interview I threw down. There's a lot of stuff in there that I know isn't going to be asked by other interviewers. So we didn't really have a problem shelving it till next week. But next week, you're going to get that PCO interview, Justin. Promise. It's in the can. Uh, and with that, though, we got some news to talk about here. Uh, let's start it off. Madison Square Garden was last night. The WWE's return to the Garden. The last time they're going to play the Garden before Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling take over the Garden here. The weekend of WrestleMania. Very big show. Vince McMahon was there. John Cena came back, beat Baron Corbin. There was this gigantic NXT 10-man tag match. With, I, I believe it was what? Undisputed Era, Ciampa and Gargano versus Matt Riddle, Aleister Black, Ricochet. Oh, God, who else was in that match? It was everybody. It was like the future. Oh, Velveteen Dream was on that team. It was the future of NXT. Uh, Shawn Michaels uh, wrote all about it. Um, it didn't seem out of the ordinary because WWE always kind of goes out for the Garden. But you would think that this is a show where they'd really want to leave a good impression in that arena, knowing what's coming up here in a few months with Ring of Honor and New Japan, right? I mean, I suppose. I, I don't know if I would. I mean, I think they always want to leave a good impression on the Garden. I mean, yes, it is. It happens to be factually the last show they're going to run before um, another wrestling promotion for the first time in like half a century goes in the Garden. So, I mean, I, I suppose it's good talking points for people like you and I to look into that. But I, I don't really think that there was I, I don't think there's probably much to that. I think it's just, you know, like you said, it's the garden, uh, getting people to come out over the holiday week, spend the money to come see WWE, you know, the garden, even though the garden, they don't run TV there anymore because of the cost and a lot of other things. It's still a place that's always going to be near and dear to Vince's heart. So, uh, you know, that, that is the place where if you want to do something a little special, like an NXT future 
you know, 10 man match and John Cena come back. It's, this is the place you do it, whether, whether, whether another company's running it in three months or not. Yeah, it was, it was cool just to see some of the photos and the videos coming out of it. I mean, Matt Riddle making his Madison Square Garden debut. It was a debut for a lot of these guys. Um, but as we mentioned, John Cena was on the show, of course, this past week on Raw. Uh, Santa Vince appeared. Uh, Santa Vince, first of all, before we get into the announcements, it's a little weird that he did this, Justin. I mean, don't you see this as like something where he's going to later bring up how he really did not enjoy doing this and is going to create some friction? Because it seemed a little forced. Uh, no, I, I think uh, I think it was kind of smart being what he did announce, which we'll talk in a second. I think it was smart because, you know, we are able to get the spoilers these days when they film these double, when they film these shows back to back like they did. So we know the winners and losers, and we even know segments that are, you know, produced there live in the arena. This obviously produced separately. So it's, it was able to be a surprise that none of us knew was going to happen. Um, you know, it's something that production is able to put in, uh, you know, in, in, in the editing and post editing. So I think it's fun. You know, I, I mean, it was kind of, you know, he takes the stuff off and he makes a joke about bad Santa. I mean, I don't know. It was very, it, 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 it sticks with the theme, at least, at least they're being consistent again, even, you know, these holiday shows, we tend to sign and kind of just figure, okay, they're going to break away from everything because the holiday show, they kind of phone it in. Right. So at least they're staying consistent with, you know, Vincent McMahon's just said, we're taking back the show. We're going to be here every week. So at least it was a way to get him on the show and stay consistent to this, you know, to what we kind of think was a panic button change in booking, which is the McMahon's taking the shows back over uh, in response to the declining uh, viewership. Yeah, uh, well, he did come back with some announcements. I think you're, you're absolutely right on the money there about using this pre-tape as a way to keep these shows exciting, right? There's only so much you can do with all of the information out there uh, and the spoilers. So yeah, Vince dropped a couple bombs here. Um, let's start with the John Cena announcement. John Cena's coming back this Tuesday on SmackDown, the New Year's Day episode. And he's going to be on both brands. He's going to be on Raw and SmackDown. I guess I'll also bring up here the WWE women's titles that he, uh, the tag titles that he announced, that was not specified Raw or SmackDown. I, I get the vibe that those will be those will be Raw and SmackDown as well. Do you? Yeah, maybe. And they probably should be. And one, um, for both items, we'll, we'll just do the women's here first. Um, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I think when you still, yeah, there's a, there's a greater depth of women's you know, female talent than there ever has been but if you still start pairing women off and not every woman is going to be in a, a tag team so i hope not um when you start pairing them off it's not that deep you know the, the matches are going to get repetitive quickly and we, we that's something obviously we, we all bicker about now and probably has led to the declining ratings so i think by having the titles be on both shows that makes sense it's going to um, decrease the risk of them booking themselves into into repetition too quickly and then for John Cena, and then the same, and then also the same. It makes sense that they would put the women's titles on both tag titles, as well as it makes sense that they would put John Cena on both because, you know, we talked about this I think last week. In a way, the McMahon's kind of getting rid of Page, getting rid of Kurt Angle, getting rid of Baron Corbin, getting rid of all these appointed authority figures, and actually the McMahon's who are truly the authority. Them taking these shows back, and at least at the moment being all in sync and all on one side, it kind of in a way decreases the. The, the, the manufactured brand competition. So if you are the McMahons and you are taking back both of these shows, why wouldn't you put your biggest name in John Cena on both the shows? Why wouldn't you put these new tag team titles on both shows? I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, it kind of makes the brand competition not so much competition because it's, it's we don't have the feuding GMs. We have the McMahons all down the whole. Now, as we you and I discussed, as the storyline goes, I'm sure friction eventually is going to happen amongst the McMahons and we will see 
uh, lines in the sand. But at the moment, it makes sense that they would announce these new assets to be on both shows. Do you find it a little weird? They're doing like the tag titles. You make a, you say how it makes sense for them to be on both brands. Cena's coming back on both brands. The six NXT superstars they've announced that are being called up. They're just being called up to WWE. They aren't like assigned a brand. Are we getting some breadcrumbs here that we could be? I mean, now the pay-per-views are dual brand pay-per-views. Do you think we're seeing the breadcrumbs here as part of this fresh start being uh, in a way, maybe not, maybe not a hard split from the brand extension, but definitely a harder focus on a, on a brand split? I don't know. I mean, they've, they've, it's been cyclical. I mean, how, I mean, we've seen the last 15, 20 years, they go back and forth. They do the brand split for a few years, then they decide they need to merge everything, and they go back and forth. Uh, I don't think that they're going to completely do away with the split. I think that they need to keep some designation just in order to fulfill and use the rosters, uh, use it, and also to fulfill the house shows. They like having these multiple house shows with more money. So, I, I mean, I don't know necessarily if it's – I mean, I, I, I think they might be – I think there might be less, um, less, less harsh on the rules. I think we might see just more general crossover and not not necessarily need an explanation. If nothing else, again, when they go to a different network for SmackDown and Fox, I think they might want to have the leeway to move people around without having to come up with an explanation or a draft or you know some storyline purpose every time. As far as the six people coming up from NXT though, that they just are generically saying to WWE, I think that's simply because they haven't yet figured out which brand they want everybody on. So. To, to, to keep from saying one thing and changing on it. They're just being generic for, for the time being. Well, uh, more news coming out of uh, Raw. Of course, on Raw on Monday night, we saw uh, Ronda Rousey defend her women's championship against Natalia. Now, uh, Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio noting that this match um, was filmed, of course, after the women's gauntlet match. It didn't sound like these two had a lot of time to prepare. And this match was called on the fly in the ring. And I noticed watching it that this match looked different. Um, I really liked the feel of it. It seemed more natural, and I guess that's why this is. It's part of this fresh start thing, uh, Justin. I talked a little bit yesterday uh, with Raj and Glenn about this, um, but it does seem to me like they're trying to cater back to the hardcore fans in some ways. And having a story like this leak where you have two wrestlers going out there and calling it on the fly, which you don't hear about anymore, in its own way, don't you think that's kind of a way for them to appeal back to their hardcore fans? I don't know if it was done on purposely. Like I don't know if it was purposely leaked in order to um, send this PR message as you're as you're kind of suggesting. But I do think that it just happens to work out that you know it. it you know, yeah. I mean, it does look different. Um, you know, matches called on the fly do are going to predominantly look different than the bulk of matches you see, not just in WWE but across promotions all over. Yeah. Because the way that the business has evolved, guys just don't call as much in the ring. They, there is a lot more planning, and part of that's because of the style and they and it necessitates for some, some communication, you know, but, but, you know, to the younger viewers, I mean, younger meaning old, old enough to recognize it's different, but young enough to, you know, not have, not, not have been watching in the days when two guys would not speak at all to the ring. They dress in separate locker rooms. I think it's good. Yeah. I, I, I'm the focus. I, what I took away from you and it was a different looking match. It was a good match. Um, in, in some ways it had elements that remind, you know, I mean, it, you know, John Cena calls a lot in the ring and I think it shows, you know, people don't always want to give John Cena credit, but John Cena, his matches are usually really good, not just because people care about him, because he waits and figures out where they are out there, and that's truly when he makes the matches, you know, appeal to the emotion that the, that the fans are, are showing. I think what I took away from this was Ronda Rousey continues to impress uh, here in her in her rookie year with all the things that she's done and her matches are getting better, and to then go out and call it in, in the ring. Um, it's just, just just another showing of you know how fast of a learner she's been. 
um, and, and, and how good of a listener she probably was listening to, to Natty. Yeah, absolutely. These two really worked well together, and it's a throwback in a lot of ways. You know, 100 years ago, this is how it was. You had professional grapplers going out there, putting on these exhibitions. I mean, it reminds me a lot of, in a way of what Ronda did with, with Natty out there on Monday night, and, and I'm a big fan of it. Um, we also had, of course, on SmackDown, well, a couple things happened on SmackDown outside of, of just the show. First of all, we had a great continuation of Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali. Uh, Ali defeated Andre Andrade Cien Almas um, and really looked strong. Daniel Bryan was out there berating our truth at the top of the show, taking down a fan favorite. I love that at that 45-minute mark, these two things intertwined. You got Daniel Bryan laying out Ali in the back. Uh, these, do, these two did meet up in a match with The Miz as well, I believe, in Chicago last night. Um, but where do you think they're going with Ali and Daniel Bryan, Justin? I'm not sure. I don't want to get everybody's hopes up. And I know that, you know, I think you even kind of posed it last week. And I said, let's let's give it a few weeks and see where we're at. I mean, you know, some might think, okay, you know, the titles usually are defended at Royal Rumble. Yep. Is this the chance to, 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 to give, again, to give people something different? Um, you know, very, very slim chance that Mustafa Ali would be winning it, but it would nonetheless be a huge rub just to be in an advertised title match on one of the biggest, you know, one of the big four of the year. I, I mean, they, they, they're staying consistent with, 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 with booking him. So it, it certainly seems like they're building to some big payoff. Again, I don't know if I want to say as big as a Royal Rumble match, um, but maybe it, as part of the freshening up and trying to get ratings, maybe it's an advertised title match on a SmackDown in the month of January, you know, just, just again, just to pop, pop ratings. Yeah, I, I can see that. I just don't know who you put him up against the rumble then, you know, I, I, I don't know what the other competition is there. I mean, Miz is off with Shane. You've got, you know, our truth is going to be in the rumble. He's number 30. Uh, Ali's push has just come so out of the blue. I mean, he's deserving, no doubt about it. I don't know that the fans have had a chance to really even like uh, realize what's happening right now with him. I don't. I see. I see him as Daniel Bryan's Rumble opponent. I, I think it's a way to keep him out of the Rumble. You give him another year to continue to grow, to continue to grow that fan base. Maybe next year at the Rumble is where where he stands out a little bit more. But on the road to WrestleMania here, I gotta believe the plan is still Daniel Bryan, The Miz. I mean, with The Miz adopting Daniel Bryan's yes mannerisms on SmackDown, Ali seems like a great hurdle, stumbling block, whatever you want to call it, on the way to WrestleMania for Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make new stars, this is certainly the way to do it. Uh, every week, I become a little bit more open to the idea of it happening, not because I have anything against Mustafa Ali, but just, you know, two weeks ago, you know, I think one of you guys said it, and I thought it was crazy. And then and then I see another week of, of you know, every week they show consistency to an effort towards Mustafa Ali's booking and presenting him. It's another week where I'm like, all right, this is becoming a little bit more plausible. So uh, who knows, by this time next week, I might tell you, yeah, we might. I mean, because you make a great argument. When you just do process of elimination, uh, of baby faces on the SmackDown side, you, you, it, 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 they fall quickly to what's to what's remaining. Yeah, and it's not just baby faces, but baby faces with a connection to Brian, right? I mean, you look at Ali here. He's got a win over Daniel Bryan, right? He's been attacked backstage. You don't really usually get these kinds of builds leading into a televised match. I mean, this is this is pay-per-view caliber stuff right here. So I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him there. Um, there was another story on SmackDown where it said, it left me scratching my head saying, where are we going with this? Obviously, Vince McMahon like provoked AJ Styles into punching him in the face. Uh, he laid there with this uh, grin on his face that he was so proud that he'd gotten this man to assault him. Um, what? <laughs> I'm less 
I'm I'm less sure about where this is going than the Ali Bryan stuff. Uh, for you, for your money, where does Vince McMahon and AJ Styles lead us, Justin? Well, I don't know if it leads us to an AJ versus Vince match. Vince at 72 or 73, whatever it is now. But um, this shouldn't be too surprising if we think about it again. If, 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 if right now they're committed, uh, they really being Vince, uh, the McMahons and Vince being on TV every week, seldom has Vince been on TV in his WWE career where he hasn't had a WWE superstar, normally a baby face, that he's at odds with. So uh, it makes sense. AJ Styles uh, is, is a great baby face. I don't see him not being a baby face anytime soon, especially because Dana Bryan has just turned. So it makes sense that we kind of start this Vince poking uh, at AJ Styles. Again, what the ultimate payoff is, that's a little bit questionable again, because I, I just, Vince isn't, you know, I, I don't, I, not not to say that he won't do it because he's just he's crazy. You can't predict him. But um, I but I think this is just kind of per the Vince format. If he's going to be on TV, he's got to be at odds with a superstar. And I think it's kind of cool that he's doing that on SmackDown. So uh, that 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 kind of to me seems like that might be what we're headed to. It, it didn't really seem like they were at odds though, right? I mean, he's kind of playing the Yoda role here, right? Where he's like, oh, I'm going to bring out your, I'm going to bring out your forces here. I'm going to show you how to really be a champion. It almost seems a little – it's weird because I think of that, and I'm like, well, this is an interesting dynamic with Vince and AJ. we got another interesting dynamic going on with Miz and Shane. I don't know if there's anything to that, um, but, you know, Miz is right now turning into a bad guy. It does seem like AJ is going to go down a darker path. Just food for thought. Wanted to point that out to everybody that, you know, there are two McMahons that seem to have picked a dancing partner here over on the blue brand. Um, no, that's so, true. That's true. I mean, I, I – it's true. It's hard to say, but bottom line, it fits the Vince formula. Find somebody that he can be involved with. I, mean, I won't say at odds, involved with. And you know, why not pick basically his biggest star, who right now doesn't really have much else to do. Uh, and lastly, coming out of Raw SmackDown this past week, uh, Rusev defeated Nakamura for the U.S. title. <laughs> Happened just before uh, Vince, of course, provoked AJ Styles to punch him in the face. Uh, great reaction. Good match. Uh, nice thing to do on Christmas Day. Uh, I, I definitely have high hopes for what they're going to do with Rusev here. I, I think that he's a character that the fans have been wanting to like for a long time through the uh, inconsistent era as we enter the uh, – I hope that he is taken a little bit better care of. But, man, Nakamura, after a loss like this, really does not seem to be connecting with the fans right now. I, I mean, how do, you, how do you handle this guy? I mean, it, you know, there's so much talk right now of what's going to be going on in 2019, who's going where. Um, I just, I don't know what to make of, of where Nakamura is on the card at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it might be, um, it, this just might be the beginning of the end of what of maybe Nakamura knows, maybe WWE knows, and everybody's kind of <clears throat> accepted he's not long for the WWE world. So this is just the beginning of checking out of any investment into him. Um, you know, I hate to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'd hate to, uh, you know, predict this, but I mean, we, you know, who knows, we might be weeks or months off of Nakamura just being main event fodder i know that that sounds outrageous to some fans and i agree that it is but if they realize he's gone and if, if they just realize that okay it's just not we're done that, that the he wants to leave or the nakamura experiment hasn't worked or whatever the whatever the whatever however it's the verdict is phrased if he's leaving then it's just time to i guess move on but yeah uh it was a merry rusev day for for, for rusev very very exciting stuff there yeah, and uh, on the note of, of talking about um, what's going on with these guys, possibly Nakamura going into 2019, it uh, seems like a good time to bring up how Drew McIntyre has been announced for the Royal Rumble. He's the second man who's been announced. Uh, R-Truth, of course, has already been announced at the number 30 role. Uh, the reason I say this is an interesting transition is because 
you know, this past week on Monday night, it seems like they've gone from really getting behind Drew McIntyre as like the guy, possible Rumble winner. It does seem like now Finn Balor is the guy they're going to be rallying around. It was interesting to me that Finn Balor won on Monday night. It was interesting to me that the club won on Tuesday night. Uh, we have AJ Styles in this McMahon feud, of course, or, or whatever it is. I don't know if it's a feud. But, of course, on 1-1, the Bucks, Cody, are set to announce this all-elite wrestling promotion, it would seem. Um, and then, of course, there's all kinds of new Bullet Club hijinks going over in New Japan with Jay White right now. If, I mean, just interesting that they're seeming to rally around the Bullet Club guys harder than they have in, I don't even want to say months. I'm, I'm over a year at this point for these guys. Yeah, you know, when you're dealing with that many moving pieces, as you just outlined all of them, it's hard to say, is that a coincidence? So I don't think so. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, whether or not, you know, I, I think it's probably, again, it's probably several factors here at play. I think probably what you just said in terms of uh, other promotions getting set to make announcements. And, of course, when those announcements get made, fans are immediately going to jump to, okay, who could be there? Who's not being used right by WWE? So I'm sure there's, you know, some some focus on having those guys be at least in a presented in a shining light once New Year's Day and week rolls around. I also think it's a case of again, <clears throat> WWE is kind of reacting right now to the you know the to the you know the declining ratings. They're trying to give people what they want, uh, fresh matchups, pushing people like Rusev and Mustafa Ali. So it probably is also tied into that. Okay, let's let's push some of this talent that we have here. Yeah, I I think there's definitely an element of that. It's just very surprising to me that out of the blue. You know, Raj got very heated yesterday about how they just really dropped the ball with McIntyre here the past couple of weeks. But, you know, he got pinned before this fresh start initiative. Him and Ziggler are going into this cage match, it looks like, on the main event of Raw. I think that's to regain a bit of his momentum. But before McIntyre regains his momentum, they're already building on it with Finn. So I got to think there's something there. I don't know if it's just a reshuffling of the deck. Um, I, I just tend to think there's a little bit more to it, especially if you're following the B and the Elite stuff and how, you know, um, on point. Uh, with criticism, those guys have been of the WWE product right now. Um, could be pushing them to make some some different calls. Um, also, of course, going into the Royal Rumble, uh, it was announced yesterday by uh, Drake Maverick, the GM of 205 Live. Buddy Murphy is going to defend the title in a cruiserweight title fatal four-way match. There's going to be qualifying matches the next couple of weeks here on 205 Live. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, for me, Buddy Murphy just hasn't clicked for the cruise. It was a great moment in Australia. I'm a little surprised that they haven't done a little bit of a bounce around the title to try to get these guys, you know, a little bit more exposure to create some interest in that brand. Definitely for me, it feels like it's time to, to pick a new champion who that is. I don't know. Yeah. I tend to agree with everything you said there with buddy. I do like this whole, um, you know, build to this match. And it, 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 this is, this is a good start for the new year in terms of it for one of your resolutions. If you're WB is to uh, better showcase two Oh five live. And you're already going into 2019 with positive points of how you've, Showcase Mustafa Ali, who now seems like he's made a transition, or at least he's got a two-way street to go between the two of <clears throat> SmackDown and 205 Live. But I like this. You know, anytime that you say, look, there's going to be number one contender matches, qualifying matches, it just automatically puts some importance. And it's also, you know, automatic advertisement. There's a match every week that's going to be qualifying. It's an automatic advertisement reminder that there's going to be a significant match at a significant show. So this is a very wrestling 101, smart, basic, simple move to do. Yeah, and they're doing a lot of that right now. I almost feel like this fresh start, you know, I, I made a joke earlier, the consistency era, but I, it does, you know, there's little things I did notice, especially this week when expectations were so low that there was going to be nothing to grab people because it was a pre-taped show. They're putting in the work right now to try to convince me that they are really making a change. Do you, did you also get that vibe or am I overselling what they did this, this past week, Justin? 
No, I, I did. I, I didn't watch all the shows. I didn't watch everything completely live. So some of it I was going back watching. But even even in that context of watching it, you know, uh, after the fact and doing some fast forward, it, it definitely felt like, you know, we're going into 2019 and it definitely feels like at the moment WWE is, is looking <clears throat> to change things up again. Uh, ask me in February, do I still feel that same way? Do they, are they, do they have a true plan? You'd like to think so. Again, abundance of new names coming from NXT, you know, Sullivan and such. <clears throat> but we'll see. We've seen this. We, we, we've seen them react before. And then, you know, so again, I, I'm, I'm really going to kind of hold myself to February to really give a true judgment of how, of how this uh, new era is going. Uh, well, uh, lastly here, going into the Rumble this past week, uh, it was announced that Becky Lynch was going to defend the title against um, Asuka. That match was then, or no, Asuka was going to defend the women's title against Becky Lynch. That match was then pulled. Uh, Paige took the heat for it, saying she tried to make one last title match as the uh, SmackDown GM. Just a, a little bit of confusion here. It sounds like I think there was something about how that promo should have never aired. It was announced on main event last week. So uh, just something to think about. I, I don't. I don't really know what their plan is now going into the Rumble. Um, any any ideas what they do with the SmackDown Women's Title, Justin? I don't. This whole thing with this whole timeline of events was confusing. Yeah, I I I, I kind of assumed that maybe it was something of they were doing so many changes real quick again that maybe something just got lost in the production shuffle. What wasn't wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, uh, and on that note, I want to congratulate Becky Lynch. Uh, she won the Wrestler of the Year Award from CBS Sports. Uh, of course, Wrestling Inc. We are running our awards right now. We are wrapping up voting. This week, so if you get a chance, jump on in those uh, voting posts there. Let us know who you think is the wrestler of the year. Do you agree, Becky Lynch, wrestler of the year, Justin? Yeah, you know, I mean, granted, the whole year, I mean, you know, she was gone for the, you know, for the, for the start of the calendar year, and she was filming a movie and such. So, I mean, you know, she did not occupy the whole year, but what she has done since July, basically, you know, she had such momentum just coming back and being the Becky Lynch that she had been. And then in the process, while capitalizing off of that momentum, managed to uh, evolve her character and, and, and just in, and, and move into this 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 must see the man gimmick. Um, yeah, I, I think I think she's I think I'm, I'm perfectly happy with her being that. I mean, I think you can make a case in some ways for Ronda Rousey um, just coming in and accomplishing what she's coming. Maybe she's more fitted for a rookie of the year. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Becky Lynch. Absolutely. Um she, she she dominated the second half of 2018 uh, and shows no signs of slowing down. It's interesting because uh, we've been running, uh, well, we started our competition yesterday, powerslam.tv, and we're going to get to the winner of that competition here at the end of the show. Uh, we're, I'm asking folks to name, I asked folks to name their breakout star of the year. A lot of Becky Lynch votes, but also a lot of votes from New Japan fans who said Jay White, Switchblade Jay White was the breakout wrestler of the year for 2018, reinvented himself, went toe-to-toe with Cody. Uh, Kenny took over the Bullet Club. Of course, Tama Tonga this past week uh, made it official. Jay White, the new leader of Bullet Club. I think it's fascinating going into 2019 as we talk about AEW, what WWE is doing, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling is moving networks. We'll talk about it here in just a second. Tama Tonga beating the drum of Bullet Club harder than ever. Uh, certainly going to be interesting in 2019 to see how Bullet Club plays out. Um, and how relevant they stay. Do you think that the fans are still on the hook for Bullet Club over in New Japan, Justin? Uh, I don't know if I'm the, 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 the most accurate gauge. My opinion, uh, I, I feel, just look kind of stepping back and looking at it from a little more distance than maybe some other fans do in terms of uh, involvement and, and investment into the Bullet Club gimmick, I feel like it's on the downslide. 
I feel like it hit its peak and it's somewhat on its down. That's not that does not mean that it is not still profitable, <clears throat> but I think that it's maybe I think it's hit its peak, and I think uh, I think it's almost maybe it would be hard in a quick in a quick summarize to, to get this accurate. But I mean, I think this is maybe some some comparisons to NWO had its peak, members got recycled, things got redone, stuck around. Okay, you know, there's different. We can look back in the years of the NWO. And I'm talking WCW, not WWE's version. Uh, we can look back in WCW and say, okay. Here's where it was at the peak. Yeah, it was still profitable, but okay. But now they started. This guy was in it, and this guy was in it. You know, it's. I think. I think that in some regards is is kind of how I uh, process it. Uh, well, uh, like I said, uh, one one being the elite, teasing something big. Uh, Tama Tonga beating the drum of Bullet Club, but of course, it does seem like AEW is on the horizon. Uh, do you have any insight into what's going on here, Justin? I do. Uh, to me, I thought it was interesting. There was. An all elite wrestling Twitter handle that popped up uh, yesterday. I don't know if it's official. We don't know anything about it. They made some very interesting follows from that account, though. A lot of venues: Sears Center, Toyota Center, uh, Smoothie King Center. I, I don't know. Again, I've reached out to see if I can confirm who is in control of this uh, Twitter handle. Not sure, but it does seem like all signs are pointing to these guys getting into being promoters with a big backer from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Justin. Yeah, you know, um, the only thing I can offer, and it's really not much, is just kind of just re- rehashing my my phone log. I've called and texted some people over the last you know month, probably since this has really been since we've really been uh, speculating, just people in the business, and a lot of people, whether they're kayfabing or not, a lot of people are just kind of like, yeah, I'm hearing something, but I don't know. Like they, everybody's just kind of pointing this way, pointing this way, so it's just <laughs> it which is, is kind of fun, I guess. It's just you know, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy because, like, yes, I'm like you. I have asked a lot of wrestlers about what's going on. I've gotten some tidbits. I reached out to somebody that I thought for sure, like somebody that nobody would expect. I can't give away my source, obviously, but somebody that I thought would be in the room when some of these things are being talked about and would probably not be somebody that people would think would be able to disseminate information. And uh, this is very, very vague, but that person straight up told me, you're going to get a lot of people that will not talk to you about what's going on. And I thought that was fascinating, like that even to somebody that I really trust, I've known for a long time, would not crack. So whatever's going well, on right now, if you're in it or you're out of it, nobody wants to talk about it. Well, and, and by hearing that, Nick, and this is the first time you've, I've heard you tell me this, um, by hearing that, that would tell me that based upon the assumed organization, and when I mean organization as in um, organizational skills, Based upon the assumed organizational skills, we think that has happened. We think that they, we think that they have ducks in the road, right? They have they have patents. Absolutely. They have, they have trademarks, uh, not patents, trademarks. Um, based upon we seem like they have the ducks in the road, that would tell me that they also have uh, enough people involved who they have then given contracts to that 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 specifically say you cannot speak about it, and if you do, you are going to be in legal trouble. So um, that tells me that this is not just you know let's throw darts as we go and make the rules up as we go. That tells me that. They got ducks in a row to the point of pen to paper with people who are zip, hence having to kayfabe. Well, but it's weird to me, too, because the person I was talking to, I don't think will be involved with whatever's going on. But the fact that even they are super secretive about it, I don't know. I almost wonder <clears throat> if you say something, if you get if you get identified as the mole, as the right. leak, right? Like, right, that's yeah, kind no, of the I, end of your career. I think that's what it is, too, yeah. If, 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 something, if a secret's being kept... You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you have. I mean, I've had a few times where I know that I've been one of the very few people that do have known about something, and it gets to the point where it's like, well, yeah, I could really break this or really have the notoriety, but then I'm going to be the one person that couldn't keep his mouth shut out of a very small group. So that's probably on even a bigger, maybe an even bigger scale what this is here. 
I just try to act dumb and say things that I think might happen here on the show that I know maybe something about um, and just hope that I don't get in trouble. But yeah, in this one, uh, I'll be honest with you guys, just being honest with you, we, I mean, as a journalist right now, I know there's a lot of the guys that have reached out to a lot of people, very, very tight lipped. I've only been able to meet one person who gave me some insight months ago and they told me they're doing this with the Jacksonville Jaguars owner. And I remember calling Raj and being like, Raj, this is happening. He's like, that's crazy. There's no way these guys are doing it. It's like, no, this is what's happening here. And this is what's happening. So uh, anyway, uh, enough of the vagary. I <laughs> think this is a ridiculous conversation. Um, last but not least, uh, this past week, Impact Wrestling announced that they are moving to a new network. Finally, everyone was like, oh, when are they going to get off Pop TV? They're going to channel 604 on DirecTV Pursuit, an outdoor men's lifestyle hunting channel. Justin, before I throw to Scott Demore here to give us his thoughts and the logic and the reasoning behind this move, what is your take on Impact Wrestling's move to Pursuit? Well, I think I think as they've gone through so many new renovations in the past year, and most of them for the better, uh, thanks to Scott, thanks to Don, thanks to a lot of people that are involved there, I think that probably, um, and I don't know all the details of it, so I'll, I'll be interested to find out if you find out from these interviews, I think new distribution, fresh distribution was probably needed. The fresh, you know, this isn't obviously they've had a couple of you know, impacts at a couple homes in its life and it's in the TNA impact life. Um, but this is probably needed. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the channel. I'll become familiar now. Um, but I would assume everything they've done in the last year seems pretty calculated and pretty wise uh, on the surface. So I, I like to think that this will probably follow suit with that. All right. And with that, you know what? Enough from Justin and I. It's time to get to some interviews. If you're listening right now on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel, the iTunes uh, podcast edition, of course, you're going to get to hear these interviews. If you're watching right now, go over, subscribe. You're going to be able to get even more audio content here today. Of course, I'm about to throw to Executive Vice President of Impact Wrestling, Scott Demore. After him, we will have Glow founder David McLean. We are taking a week off from the Views from the Turnbuckle segment with our good friend Jesse Collins. He'll be back next week. We're going to talk all about AEW and so much more. And after these interviews, Justin and I will be back at the end of the show to wrap things up. But right now, here he is, Scott Demore. At this time, I welcome to the Winkley the Executive Vice President of Impact Wrestling, Scott Demore. Scott, it is a busy day, I know, for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Good to be here. So, uh, big news day for Impact Wrestling. A lot of buzz through the latter part of 2018 about is Impact Wrestling going to change networks from Pop TV? It was made official today. You guys are moving to Pursuit on Friday, January 11th, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it can be found on DirecTV, Channel 604, Dish Network, Channel 393. Uh, how did this come about? Well, how did you guys decide to move forward with uh, Pursuit instead of Pop TV? Well, look, I mean, I guess first and foremost, I have to say that Pop TV, uh, despite all the the frustrations that I know our very passionate fan base has with them. They have been a, a supportive partner uh, over the years that we've been there and they've been supportive through this process. And, you know, we've been looking at and evaluating things on an ongoing basis. When myself and uh, Don came on board at the beginning of the year to, to join Ed in that year and in, in running things, we always said it was going to be a, a, uh, a slow process. It was going to be a bunch of small victories, a bunch of small, uh, maneuvers that eventually would 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 lead us to uh, to bigger and better things. Uh, we think we had a great 2018 where we've made a lot of positive steps, and uh, you know as we look back to where we were at the beginning of the year and where we are now, we're very hopeful on things and very excited about things. 
you know, one of those things is pop is, is changing up their programming on the network. And while we were never, and we both sides always acknowledged we were never the right fit for a female uh, dominated uh, network. We, uh, we enjoyed a few years together and we've been looking at, at moving on, uh, you know, and, and doing some other things. Uh, at this time we, you know, as we looked at things and the options, it seemed like it was the best time to make a move to pursuit, which is a sister uh, company to, to impact wrestling. It's, it's, uh, there's an ownership stake that Anthem sports and entertainment has in them. And pursuit is a, is a male dominated demographic and, uh, they're excited to have us. It gives us a nice home base. And it doesn't mean that we don't still have a long-term plan for where we hope for impact to be as a television show and as a wrestling company, but we're excited to have uh, a partner that is excited to have us. Um, you know, the first part of this deal is what we're doing now, which is just the flagship impact broadcast airing on Friday nights at 10 o'clock. And I know people look at that and they go, Oh my God, it's the death spot. Well, if you look back when we debuted on spike TV, it's a different era and a different network, but wrestling fans find good wrestling. And when we went on Spike TV at 11 o'clock on Saturdays, people shook their head at it, and then we promptly went out there and did, I think, about 850,000 viewers when we debuted. And we're excited to work with Pursuit on uh, building it as a platform. We have some ideas and some things in the works for some other properties on Pursuit, and also looking at expanding where our uh, domestic and our international distribution takes us. Wow, you answered like a lot of the questions I have in, in one great, amazing business promo there. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I will say on the time slot, um, it is uh, starting October, WWE is going to have SmackDown on Friday nights, which would be two hours before that. That would be like a four-hour chunk of wrestling for wrestling fans on national television on Friday nights starting October 2019. Is that something you all took into consideration when you were deciding on that time slot? I mean, we're cognizant of where all the wrestling programs are for sure. But, uh, you know, one of the things in a DVR world is that you look at those things, but you also don't let them be the only guiding factor on your decisions. So Fridays at 10 o'clock is a primetime time slot on a network that's excited to have us. It's where we start, you know, coming right out of uh, homecoming here when, uh, when we come out with our first show out of the gate on January 11th. Uh, is that where we're going to stay? I mean, that's uh, that's kind of up in the air. I mean, we've talked about a lot of things. First and foremost, you always have to take a first step. The first step is debuting January 11th on Pursuit. Uh, like I said, sister uh, company to Impact, you know, and, and having, having that synergy between uh, Pursuit and Impact is certainly, I think, going to lead to some of the benefits we've seen in Canada, where our numbers have consistently grown both on Fight Network and also on Game TV. And that's uh, been an exciting year overall. You know, we launched Fight Network in uh, the United Kingdom. You know, we've got Fight Network on in Italy. So it's, uh, it's a fun time to be in the content business. Absolutely. I actually have DirecTV. So I immediately flipped over and experienced Pursuit today for the first time. So they immediately got a bump out of me. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a... It's, <laughs> well, we appreciate that. There you go. No problem. Uh, you guys are already... Uh, it's, it's, on my, it's on my radar now and readily available to me. But it's an outdoors network, right? A lot of hunting... Uh, very rural. Um, like you said, I hadn't really put two and two together. I don't think too much about the diversity of pop entertainment, but I did always wonder why there was like the young and the restless before pop TV or before impact wrestling some weeks, I think. Uh, now you are, I mean, every week we had the young and the restless as a lead in. It's, uh, 
it's one of those things when you look at it at at uh, when we when we were coming on at eight o'clock, you know, as soon as Young and the Restless ended, that entire audience left. Yeah. And then a new audience migrated to pop. There wasn't a lot of changeover. So one of the nice things is, is the people watching Pursuit, they may be more inclined to stick around and sample Impact Wrestling. And, uh, you know, we're confident that the, the passionate fan base we have is going to find the product. And, and whether it's on Pursuit or whether it's we're working on some, some digital delivery systems to try to make sure we can get the show out to, to that passionate fan base. You know, this is the first of many things you're going to see here in the early parts of 2019. So we do appreciate the passion of our fans. You know, and sometimes that comes out with the fans being disappointed. And we appreciate that, too, because that means they care. You don't get disappointed or upset about something you don't care about. And we've had a very, very enjoyable year with that passionate fan base. We look to continue with it and grow. Yeah, absolutely. And the product's been great. Uh, it's been a wonderful year. It's been just a fascinating turnaround with not just the faces, but the creative changes you guys have made as you go to this new uh, platform, Pursuit, which is more outdoors-oriented. Are we going to see any change in creative to maybe cater to this new uh, audience a bit more? I mean, will there just be creative changes in general going into 2019 because of some of these moves? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think is, is you're going to see is we might have a little bit more freedom uh, to, to take the product in, in different areas that we haven't been able to take it so far. Okay. Um, and like I said, it is, uh, you know, Pop TV has been a wonderful partner, been very collaborative with us and very supportive, but they have a lot of restrictions on what, what can and can't be done on their network. Right. Uh, Pursuit, while still being a, a channel that, uh, that uh, tries to pursue, uh, no pun intended, uh, family programming, they, uh, they are a little more, a little more open to ideas on what we can do content-wise. And when you look at the pay-per-views we've had this year and you compare it to the television, certainly you see some of the differences. Yeah. Now, will we ever go to the extremes that we go to on pay-per-view? Well, probably not, because that's part of what makes the pay-per-view so special. But we can now start to explore some other areas with our content and with our storylines and, and our product that uh, may not have been available to us previously. Um. Absolutely. I know that in your press release you mentioned that the, direct, the direction of the company could be getting a little bit edgier. Uh, I was just wondering, where is that line for you guys? You, I mean, if you've been keeping up with the product, you guys have gone some very uh, risque directions, particularly the LAX OGZ stuff where there was like a drive-by that killed a kid. I was like, what just happened right now? This is a very, this is a very dark kind of storyline for professional wrestling. Yeah, and I mean, we, we always look for opportunities to tell stories in ways that they haven't been told before. And when you look at the professional wrestling industry, there's so many years of so much uh, professional wrestling being out there and so many angles and so many different uh, booking ideas that, you know, you really start to see a lot of things are obviously going to be like everything in entertainment are going to be things that are going to be a takeoff on something you've seen before. So we're always looking to find new and different ways, you know. Uh, we push things with the LAX OGs. I mean, I think it led to some unbelievable uh, matches in the ring and hopefully some intriguing storylines for people along the way. We've pushed it in the sort of, you know, sci-fi genre with what we've done with the undead realm and the things we've done with, with Sue Young and the like. So we're going to continue to look for things. I mean, you know, wrestling has a history of, of alternating between, you know, almost G-rated and then getting to quite risque, both uh, sexually and violence-wise and everything else. We're always going to have to be cognizant of the fact that we have broadcast partners all over the world. 
and we have a fan base that does include a, a variety of ages and demographics. But there is something to be said for going out there and maybe pushing that envelope just a little bit. How far are we going to go? We don't know. We'll experiment and we'll see. As all year long, we've seen, you know, look, none of us have ever said everything we did in 2018 was a success. All we've, you know, ever tried to do and what we promise and pledge to our, our passionate fan base is to go out there, try things, try to see what works, try to hear what works, and try to continue with the things that are going well. And when things don't go exactly how we wanted, well, then we switch gears and try to go in a different direction. So there's going to be a lot of experimentation. Uh, you know, we think that in 2018, we had more successes than failures, but we're going to continue to go out there, try new things in a world where people are talking about things being stale and stagnant. We're trying to be different and uh, we're going to continue to do that moving forward. Last question here. You've been more than generous with your time on this busy day. Uh, the big rumor uh, here in the closing part of 2018 uh, was that Chris Jericho may appear in an impact ring. Do you think we'll see that in 2019? Are there still conversations open between those sides? Yeah, look, I mean, one thing that Chris Jericho has proven in his very long and very successful career is that you can't predict exactly what he's going to do. Chris has been uh, wonderfully supportive of uh, myself and Don and Impact Wrestling from day one when he picked up the phone and called Ed Nordholm and Leonard Asper to say these are the guys to the fact that he's followed our product throughout the year. And if you look at it, I mean, he live-tweeted through Slammiversary. He live-tweeted through Bound for Glory. So it's always great to have a guy at Chris's level that's uh, in your corner. And if the stars ever align, who knows? Certainly can't, uh, can't promise he'd be there, but can't rule it out. So people are going to have to tune in on Pursuit and all of our other great partners around the world and digitally and see what 2019 holds. At this time, I welcome to the show a wrestling icon, a man who is responsible for so much in the world of professional wrestling, specifically the world of women's wrestling. You may know him as the founder of GLOW, but... You are also going to know him as the producer, ringside commentator, and matchmaker for the Women of Wrestling Wow on Access TV. It's David McLean. David, thank you very much for taking the time today. Well, Nick, thanks for the intro, and it's great to be with you and your, your listeners because I'm a fan, so it's an honor to be with you today. This is some exciting stuff here, David. Uh, wow is making its debut on Access TV Friday, January 18th. 9 p.m. Eastern, and it says here you guys are kicking it off, uh, putting a spotlight on the legendary WoW superheroes. Let's start there. I got some other questions for you, but what, is, what does that mean? What can people expect from the women of wrestling come January 18th? An alternative to the current wrestling product out there. Your fans know inside and out everything about wrestling, and before we relaunched WOW, first of all, for some new listeners, WOW was on in 2000 was the creation of it out of, the, out of my selling glow. I came back to it, and I always wanted to put the spotlight on the women wrestling as the main event stars. We were in syndication, and after 9-11, uh, the tragedy in New York, right. I just couldn't, couldn't sustain the cost of keeping it in syndication. So it went out. I went on and worked at ESPN and had a great career producing made-for-TV events for about 18 years. And the passion lay within me, as it does with your fans, for wrestling. And my friend and partner, Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, 
did some test marketing. And I think it's important that I bring that up because of who your listeners are and who's listening to us today. Right. Um, we went out and met with the fans and asked them what they wanted. And there were a few items that they told us. And the two that resonate with me is they wanted the fun, F-U-N, the fun put back in wrestling. And they wanted to be able to watch it with the kids and the family again, just like all of us grew up watching it. And it's, and it's even a shame today that wrestling still isn't on like it used to be in the old days on Saturday mornings. But that said, what can they expect? They wanted and what they can expect is an alternative wrestling program to what is out there. So I urge them, if you're a fan of pro wrestling, if you're a fan of Glow way back in the day when the wrestling wasn't too good, and you want to see great, if not the best, women's wrestling with the fun, F-U-N, put back into wrestling, characters, storyline, and excitement with a full hour dedicated to women's wrestling, then tune in Friday night, January 18th at 9 o'clock Eastern on Access TV. And by the way, as you probably know, Nick, we are so fortunate that we follow New Japan Wrestling. They've been a hallmark at Access TV, and they've gotten a great following here domestically because of Access TV. And we're just lucky to benefit that we follow them on Friday night's lineup. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a great two-hour block there for wrestling fans. Uh, New Japan, Into the Women of Wrestling. Are, can we expect any kind of crossover? Have you talked to New Japan about possibly doing anything with them? No, not at this point. Okay. Not at this point. I've gone to a couple of their events, and I love them. I saw the b- two big ones here in Long Beach, California. Oh, well, we shared oxygen then. I was also at those shows, so... All right, we should have run into each other. I guess we could, I was kind of incognito. We knew we were going to do the Access TV deal, but we didn't want anyone to know I was there with Access. So I kind of was incognito. Well, how, how did how did it come together with Access? I mean, Mark Cuban he's a pair he's appeared on Monday Night Raw. Obviously, New Japan is is on Access TV. Uh, did did was this a Mark Cuban thing? Was he just like we need more wrestling? I love wrestling. How did how did the relationship come about? It's a triangle, almost like when the Lakers always won their championships with the triangle offense. Um, It was due to the fact Jeannie Buss had to our live wrestling event the executives of MGM Studios, headed by um, Mark Burnett, at one of our live events. And they were the producers of Lucha Underground, which is on El Rey Network. Yeah. And subsequently, uh, during last year's Super Bowl, um, Mark Burnett was at the Super Bowl and ran into Mark Cuban up in the suite. And it's the triangle effect. You know, he mentioned you should take a look at this property called Wow Women of Wrestling. You know, Jeannie Buss is, is the owner of it with David McClain. And I don't know if it helped that Mark and I both went to IU, but, you know, immediately we got the call and uh, within five days we were meeting and we told them what we were doing and we were, you know, slowly building the property out, not 
not going to do what I had done in the past, which was run down the hill and do the first TV deal we could ever get. I wanted to, um, you know, strategically align ourselves with a television partner that was going to help grow the brand and had a passion for wrestling. And vis-a-vis that, Mark Cuban loves professional wrestling. He has an interest in it already with New Japan Wrestling. It's performing well for his network, and he thought it was a no-brainer. So we put the paperwork together. We secured Access TV, and then our next goal was to really establish the best women's wrestling out there. And my first, by, by again, just like Mark Cuban running into Mark Burnett at the Super Bowl, I was at a wrestling show, and I ran into backstage Tessa Blanchard. And our wrestling trainer, Selena Majors, who many of your readers in the South may remember as Bambi, um, she told me four or five years ago, because her good friend is George South, in the southern region wrestling good friends with jerry lawler etc george south i'm familiar told me told me that the girl to watch that's coming is a girl named tessa blanchard so our trainer told me four years earlier easily like there's a lebron james of wrestling coming there's a kobe bryant of wrestling coming and i said okay great I stored the name in the back and, you know, in wrestling circles, you hear a lot of things primarily due to jealousy. And I hadn't heard that many great things about her. And by accident, we run into each other, literally bump into each other in a back dressing room at an event. And we just sat down and started talking. And uh, I walked away from that meeting and the trainer, Selena, was there, and I said, Tessa Blanchard will be wrestling in WOW. And she said, how? She just signed with Impact Wrestling like two, three weeks ago. I said, I don't know how, but we're going to make it happen. She's great. She has a dedication to the sport of wrestling like none other. And she's got a vision to grow women's wrestling, which matched our vision. And it was like putting two peas into mashed potatoes. They taste better. (laughs) So thank you to Scott DeBoer over at Impact Wrestling. He and I got on the phone. And Impact Wrestling wanted to see Tessa succeed. And they want to see women's wrestling succeed. And I, I take my hat off to Scott and the executives at Impact Wrestling who put on matches, you know, worldwide, Canada, Puerto Rico, U.S., and have a thriving business that they permitted contractually us to sign Tessa Blanchard to a long-term deal. So, you know, hats off to them, hats off to everybody, because the winner at the end of the day is your listeners, your, your viewers, uh, your fan base. That's who gets the benefit, the wrestling fan. And I think that is the answer to your question. What are they expecting? What are they going to get? The benefit of something totally fresh, new, fun, and a one-hour program dedicated to women's wrestling. 
which has been growing leaps and bounds probably for the last four years. Agreed. Yeah, women's wrestling right now arguably is more engaging than I think the men's wrestling, at least WWE, also an impact. I think there's a case to be made. Um, Now, women's wrestling sounds awesome. I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment here to acknowledge the huge resurgence and interest in GLOW. Uh, The documentary came out a couple years ago and grabbed everybody. Now there's this Netflix series. Are you uh, how do you, how do you feel about seeing this renewed interest in Glow? I'm sure some of this is carrying over into women of wrestling, the the growing fan base for that. Simply put, I love it. And anybody that knows me use knows I use a phrase if I like something. It's a ten. In this case, it's a twelve because I think the Netflix piece that emerged from the successful glow documentary that's also on Netflix. Great documentary. Um, I've watched it three times. I love that documentary, David. I love that documentary. Well, I didn't participate in it. Two young guys out of Texas did it. And little Egypt, who was a wrestler in glow, um, really was the foundation and force that made that happen. So you got to take your hat off to little Egypt because without her gathering the troops to participate in that documentary, and then that documentary being the seed to which Jenny Cohn and her executive producers at Netflix saw, there would never be a glow biographical series on Netflix. And to that effect, I do not believe the WWE, nor even WOW, would be where they are today with women's wrestling. Wherever that is, whatever space they hold, women's wrestling is more successful and acknowledged for being a sport and an activity that one looks at and admires than at any other time in wrestling history because of the GLOW documentary. Because what that documentary and show captured was the essence of the sisterhood of women that participate in wrestling. And that can go all the way back to when Mula, you know, had her all-girls wrestling school in the Carolinas and had a troop of women that she had out and was booking for them. And that essence of that camaraderie has been captured in the Netflix programming, which has spilled over to non-wrestling fans who appreciate what these women do to get into that ring and perform. Yeah. How, uh, now the character of bash in that show, uh, on the Netflix series, that's based on, that's based on <laughs> you, right? <laughs> I don't, I, <laughs> I'm laughing. Definitely not exactly. I'll tell you that. How close is uh, bash? Bo- how close is bash to David McLean? Not two. My 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 fun vice was maybe a six pack of beer. Ugh. Maybe I was just starting to learn to drink a glass of wine. Maybe, but my my vice was a glass of beer, and um, um, that was it. There was no drugs. There was no cocaine use. Uh, the director of Glow's Vice was a good cigar. He didn't smoke. He didn't do any drugs. And I think I think a diet Coca Cola was his favorite drink. Uh, but that's that said, uh, it does capture the essence spot on okay. of the camaraderie 
of the performers. Camaraderie and, is accurate. Um, Got it. Okay. And, and the struggles. Um, it does. It does capture the fact we were always struggling to keep it and get it on television, and um, that w- that that was true. And even today, um, when we brought up the idea of women's wrestling in our program, even now in the last four years, there was always a pushback. Well, there is women's wrestling now. There is women's wrestling. It's out there. <laughs> It's on the WWE. It's on Impact Wrestling. Who needs a one-hour program dedicated to it? So you got to take your hat off uh, to Mark Burnett for seeing a vision, sharing that vision with Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban stepping up and saying, to hell with it. I'm going to dedicate a full hour in prime time cable right behind my number one wrestling show, New Japan, and I'm going to lay out a platform for these women wrestlers to, to succeed. So um, you got to hand it to that triangle offense, Burnett, Cuban, and Buss, for having a vision because not one of them other than Mark Cuban really is a huge fan of professional wrestling. And when I say that, I say that respectful of maybe growing up watching it from a 10-year-old up like so many of us that are, you know, participating in this interview and listening. Um, They came to it later and they saw it and they have outside interests that don't dedicate that they have to get into a pool of professional wrestling. They're doing it now because they're fans of it and they're passionate about it, but they didn't grow up as a 10 year old saying, hi, I love wrestling, wrestling. Jeannie Buss's vice happened to be comic books. She grew up, reading Supergirl and Wonder Woman comic books. She even has a production company called Gold Rope Productions, which is after Wonder Woman's lasso. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's all contributable to all the efforts that have been happening over four years with women's sports in general. And we're just fortunate to be, you know, riding the wave. And if you look at my efforts from starting out way back if any of your fans are that old in the Dick the Bruiser territory and having a vision of growing women's wrestling, all the stars seem to be aligning um, for my vision to happen the way I really wanted it to happen now. With great athleticism, great characters, over-the-top storylines, and fabulous-looking costumes. And I mention that versus, you know, no disrespect, to the bathing suit look of the 50s, 60s, 70s, and early 80s wrestling that was out there. Yeah. David, this sounds awesome. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the show. I'm bummed to hear that the drug robot does not exist. That's unfortunate that that was invented. <laughs> and, and was there any robots back then? Hell, I've never even seen a robot today, especially <laughs> one dispensing anything of those nature. But, but, they captured the essence of the times because right. I remember flying down to Miami beach, going to a nightclub and I couldn't believe the amount of cocaine that was being congested in the restroom. So they did capture the times of the error of to which that was being done, but we didn't have any of that taking place in wow. Yeah. Um, I, I like a Heineken beer at six o'clock. It's a great time for beer, you know, craft beer right now. It's, it's <laughs> never been better. I'm a craft beer guy myself too. 
David, I never saw that coming. Well, I mean, you know, I'm here. Popularity. Oh, man. I'm in Chicago. I've lived in Chicago for 15 years. Goose Island was like one of the first crafts. So it's, you know, I've gotten, I've been very fortunate to be around it. Um, Different conversation for a different day. The evolution of pro wrestling is here. Um, well, maybe we're going to meet next time we're in the building together and share a beer together, Nick. I'd I like that. I would love that, David. Uh, I'm going to hard plug here again one more time, guys. Friday, January 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern, Access TV, right after New Japan Pro Wrestling. Make it your new destination on Friday nights for pro wrestling fun. Thank you so much, David. Is there anything else you'd like to plug, promote, put over, leave the listeners with here today? One thing I want them to do, Nick. I want them to get back to you on all your platforms on what they think after watching WOW, especially the new wrestler that's going to emerge. He's on our website now, WOWE.com. The Beast. The the Beast debuts on Access TV that night. And I don't think there's been a specimen like that in women's wrestling maybe since Joni Lawler appeared as China, and you went, wow, when you looked at her. I mean, I, I just can't wait to hear from the wrestling fans on what they think. And uh, believe me, we will be listening to them. So until that night, it's been great being with you, Nick, and all your listeners. Um, it's been an honor. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Thank you all so much for uh, tuning in here this week for the Winkly. Wow, look at that time dash, Justin. 45 minutes just flew by. Wow, that's incredible. Um, I lost what a, a little great bit more week. hair in like, the time. Oh, man, I know. How is it? How am I two years older than you, right? How is <laughs> it? How am I older than you and I look like uh, I've got a full head of hair here, you know? I also, pur- I also, pur- you know, it's thinning. I also purposely took mine down. You know, so it's not, I mean, I, I sped the process up. You don't have to make excuses to me, Justin. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Um, before we go to our outro here, uh, we are running a contest right now over on the Wrestling Inc. Uh, Twitter channel. We're going to be running uh, another one here today and then one more on Friday. It is our post-Christmas gift to you all. We are giving away free one-year subscriptions to uh, Powerslam.tv, the home of a lot of great independent wrestling. You, with three lucky winners this week, are going to win a one year subscription to powerslam.tv if you want to use the promo code wrestling inc throughout the year you can get your first month free but over on twitter we ran a contest where if you retweeted the tweet if you uh followed us and power slam on twitter and if you told me your breakout star of the year you had a chance to win and our winner here today is going to at the rodney holt rodney holt congratulations i'll be dming you with your promo code enjoy a year's worth of independent wrestling and we are going to be doing that exact same contest here starting uh, shortly after the Winkly is wrapped up. Go over to the Twitter. Today, instead of asking you for your breakout star of 2018, I'm going to be asking you for your favorite independent wrestling promotion of 2018. So you guys can all chime in on that. I would imagine uh, IWC, not the Internet Wrestling Community, but the uh, International Wrestling Cartel. Is that, isn't that that your Correct. home? Yes. Correct. Um, the ID- yes. Pilot. By the way, I, I meant to ask you. I felt bad about this. So you know, you know, Sean Phoenix, right? He nearly died in an yeah. IWC show. Okay. Yes. Yes. He, yes. Sean Sean Phoenix, uh, cruiser flyer wrestler, performed at IWC. Decided to do a 450 splash off the top rope. Attempted to do it onto somebody through a table. Overshot the table. Cracked his skull. Lost some hearing. Lost some sight. Uh, you, the video has gone viral. We've, we've got it up on all of our channels. 
Justin, um, what exactly is your position with IWC? Do you run? Are you the owner of IWC? I am not the owner. No, I. Uh, in addition to my on-screen uh, character, I will say producer. I help behind the scenes on uh, creative capacities okay. and producing on the day of helping book a lot of you know a lot of the. You know, I try my best. A lot of the names we bring in, I try to uh, you know help get get guys in. Uh, you know, handle the logistics of that and what have you. So just kind of a safe okay. producer. Yeah, I just felt bad because I was sharing this video, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a promotion you work with. And uh, what what you, just you know to kind of wrap things up here as a 2018 retrospective. What was going through your head when you saw this video? When you saw what happened to Sean? What do you think of the reaction online? It's created quite a debate. Just give me your hot take here to wrap us up here today. Well, the, that show that happened, that was actually a show I was not at. I was actually not present for that show, so I wasn't watching it live. Um, I obviously heard about it that night, and my initial reaction was, oh, my God, is he okay? And you know, he went to the hospital, so you know, we were all kind of being um, – we were all concerned, wanting to know. Uh, when I saw it, obviously, I was like, you know, Chris winced, and again, I was just hoping you know, that he would come out of it okay. You know, he, he has. I, sp- I did speak to him. Uh, he and I did speak at the last show uh, that we had earlier, earlier in the month. Um, you know, and he kind of talked about, like, you know, what had happened and just, you know, talk about it, but, you know, just a great, great guy. Uh, you know, the reaction, you know, the reaction, uh, and I'm not somebody who is in, you know, I'm not somebody who's the big proponent of like the, everything has to be high flying or I'm, I'm not as, I'm not as Jim Cornette about it, but uh, you know, I am somebody that does appreciate some of the old school. And I do think that we've gotten away sometimes from, um, from what pro wrestling's meant to be. And, and, and but, but that being said, uh, I just take this, this is his style. The, the match called for such that's just what the match was kind of created around was was high spots and such uh, and, and what the skill set of the people involved was uh, and unfortunately it was just a, an unfortunate mistake it was just an unfortunate mistake and um, it, I give him a lot of credit for the fact that he is not being slowed up by this he's ready to get back in the ring so. yeah uh, what a what a crazy warrior that Sean Phoenix is maybe we'll get him here in 2019 and we'll see how he is uh, doing Uh, All right, guys, that wraps it up. The final weekly here of 2018. Like I said, we'll be back next week. I've got interviews uh, with PCO. Uh, Finally, it will officially, finally, finally drop next week, the huge PCO interview. I've got former WCW star Crowbar. That's right. Catch up with the Crowbar. Uh, Crowbar looking to launch his own wrestling promotion with Kevin Sullivan. Did you know that? No. Yes. Yes. So there's my tease for the interview next week. Has the world gone mad? Um, I talked to him all about it. I'm like, what a weird thing to be happening. Crowbar, Kevin Sullivan, filming <laughs> filming five episodes for a YouTube series, I think, or something like that. They wrote it all themselves. I thought I, I asked him, I go, Crowbar, it's really interesting. In your press release, you advertise that the writer for your wrestling show is Kevin Sullivan. 40 years ago, I think that would have been like so taboo. You'd never work in the business again. You can't advertise your writer. Um, anyway, very interesting interview. And we've got a, a brief interview with Darren Young that uh, Michael Weissman conducted from uh, WrestleCade as well that will be dropping next week. So big show. Justin will be back. And, of course, like I said, first weekend in January, I'll be down in Nashville covering Impact Wrestling's homecoming. Be sure to keep track of uh, Wrestling Inc. for all of the coverage there. And, Justin, where do you want to fin- uh, send people to find you, follow you, and all those great things? <clears throat> I uh, go to my social media at Justin Labar. Um, and again, anybody that's going to be in Pittsburgh this Saturday, uh, please come down to 1311. It's on East Carson Street on the south side. Uh, we will toast the holidays as we get ready to go over to the arena for some SmackDown Live taping. I'll be sure to put out on social media some spoilers. Wonderful. Well, we are two weeks away from the brand new Wrestling Inc. podcast schedule. Monday, Tuesdays, right after Raw and SmackDown, you're going to get a live rundown of Raj Matt. 
and Glenn. And of course, Tuesday through Thursday, you're going to be able to get some live news here on the YouTube channel. And of course, you can find all the audio from all these shows over on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you very much for joining us here in 2018. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.